the Metal Hand of God podcast is proud to announce, in association with the Fillmore, New Orleans, Chevelle, live on stage, Friday, April 19th. Only at the Fillmore, New Orleans. The premier concert venue. Get your tickets now, or they'll all be gone. Chauvel like you've never heard them before at the Fillmore, New Orleans, April 1990. Tickets available at LiveNation.com or just go to the Metal Hand of God podcast website. That's M-H-O-G podcast. And click on the link. It will take you directly to Ticket Sales. Chevelle has been topping the charts for years. And now you can hear them live at the Fillmore. Here it comes. Oh my God. The Metal Hand of God and the Fillmore will be bringing you concert information all summer long. So get those tickets at Live Nation or go to the MHOG Podcast website before they're all sold out. April 19th. Welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me, as always, is the prestigious fanboy, Congo-wearing, mirror mask-killing Terminator himself. You really need to stop coming up with these adjectives. <laughs> this is the rub guy. How you doing? I, hey, man, look, I told you. Like I told you, I'll say it again. I went and just stared at my DVD shelf and just named like six movies, and that's what you're going to be every time. <laughs> That's uh, but we have a very special guest we today. do we have an incredible guest today uh mr nicholas vince is joining us if you're not familiar with this young man's name you would be by the things he's played um he has been in the movie nightbreed and he has also been in hellraiser hello sir hello <laughs> that's right i'm i'm still getting over the idea you just called me young um <laughs> well you well, know it's you are you're a young guy well i am it's, it's, it's people yes because i had a big celebration last year for my birthday and, and somebody <laughs> said pointed out like that used to be old when i was growing up but now it's middle-aged exactly see you you're like a you're like a a, a fine cheese you just really you went with you, cheese you, you, you couldn't have said you wine better. you couldn't have said wine <laughs> I could have said wine, but I figured so that you're saying our guest is stinky and moldy. <laughs> no, he's he's a nice, mild gentleman. Oh, okay, I got you. Whatever, a good really good way decent to Stilton. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> Riddle through with blue veins, but so sweet. <laughs> wait, 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 you know, back yourself up there, Rome, on that one. Okay. Mmm. Mm. So, thank you for joining us, man. I, I mean, I've, I've I, honestly, I've been such a huge fan of the series of movies of Hellraiser for ever. To be honest with you, that was the first film as a child 
as a child now, I'm telling you, because my, my parents let me watch anything I wanted to. That's why I'm so fucked up. Um, as the rest of your nation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> as a child, it was the first film that I sat down and, and was just completely amazed by everything in it. And to have well, someone who was a part of that film on on our show, it's just, it's, ama- it's an honor for me. And one of the most terrifying characters, really. I have well, to agree. Thank you, and thank you again for yeah saying I'm the most terrifying character. I think I'm always amazed how well Chatra has lasted um, because it's it's well over it's well over thirty years. I think we're now in the thirty two thirty two years since we filmed it. Which wow. was 30, it was thirty one years last year. It was Hellbound, the second movie. Yes, um, it was the thirtieth anniversary of that last year, and it it is extraordinary and i think you you said okay let me ask you the question okay you say he's the most one of the most terrifying characters what do you think makes him so terrifying oh man the noise. yeah the noise the noise the- for me it was the noise i mean if i didn't it was the background music that was always accompanying you yeah uh-huh. it was but the, the 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 chattering noise and knowing to me pinhead was not the scariest no in that series not even close but well, it was it was the Cenobites that that really pulled that film off. I think. I mean, when it mm. came to the fear factor, yes, because mm. it, they came out of everywhere. You just you're just like, what in the world is going on? There they were. He was there. He's talking to you. Okay, you're getting kind of comfortable with the the evil that's standing in front of you with the pins in his head, and then out of like these just these areas, you open the door, boom, there's a Cenobite. Like ah, you know. So that's, just, that's what was scaring me all over the house. Like the the entire peeled away look of sure see it so you so the character's name is chatterer well that's interesting he's credited as chatterer i think on the first mover and movie and chattering um cenobite on the second movie nice. i was funny enough i was looking at the script uh yesterday um because i'm redoing my website my web shop at the moment and um I'm going to be selling facsimiles of the script for Ooh. copies of my original script. And I thought, okay, well, well, I'll have a look at this and have a look where he's first. And he's described as the the chattering Cenobite um, <laughs> and the, the sound of the chattering of the teeth, which as far as I'm aware, and nobody's ever contradicted me from production, um, the sound you hear is the sound of me chattering the plastic teeth. Really? That I... Yeah, because they definitely recorded it. And I swear it's the same sound reused in a later movie. I can't remember the one where you've got the torso chatterer. Yeah. Um, Uh, That's, oh man. To be honest, I I lost track because there's like eight of them now. And I I think it's closer to 11. Really? It's getting ridiculous. Well, Doug did the first eight. Yes. Perhaps it's 10 rather than 11, because Gary Tunnicliffe directed two more at least. I think, yes, but in the later movies, there is a form of chatterer um, in in most of them. One of them's a torso. Nice. You just, but you hear that you hear that sound first um, before you see the creature co- you know, coming up the stairs on his on his arms um, because it doesn't have any legs for some reason, which is never explained. Um, but you just get that <laughs> because it's scary, <laughs> man. It's scary. It's that's scary. why. Well, yeah, just because it's scary, I think you're absolutely right. It's scary <laughs> and weird, um, and you know that's what they're they're known for. Um, so yeah, I, but you also mentioned uh, Christopher Young's. Um, uh, music, I just yes. you know, Hellraiser is made by the music, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, agreed. Score. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day, Queer Wolf, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the fact that you know, it's genius because he starts the film with a waltz, the opening yeah. theme, Hellraiser as a waltz. So you get this kind of romantic feel sure. at the beginning of this this horror movie because as you say i mean the cenobites i think were on screen somebody counted up for like eight minutes and 34 seconds or something <laughs> you know out of the whole of that movie but the rest of it is a kind of a love triangle 
thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just that one of them happens to be dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoil yeah. spoilers! If anybody hasn't seen this movie up to you know in thirty years, um, something's wrong with you for one and two. Um, spoilers. Yeah, no, absolutely spoilers. And if you haven't seen this, you may just be young. Of course, I mean that's the thing that again that amazes me and I find so gratifying is the fact that we get young fans. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, I regularly meet fans who were not born when we made this movie probably wouldn't uh, even thought about some of them more than likely yeah because i mean 30 years it's a 30 year old film so some of those people you know their parents yeah yeah, yeah no and no, i regularly meet teenagers and i, I know <laughs> slightly worrying i meet children <laughs> uh, but there's a great thing you, you were asking me what he's officially called somewhere in the last six years uh, probably six or seven years he started becoming chatterbox yes that's what I, that's what i've heard his name as that's why i was asking yeah yeah and that's i've only become aware of that literally possibly a little bit longer in the last half a dozen years or so he started to be you know chat chatterbox um i mean i've met quite a few boys who are uh, like six eight nine ten years old they all refer to him as chatterbox um in fact one of them came up with the best question i've ever been asked at any convention he was a six-year-old kid and he wanted to know if the chatterer dog that is in bloodline mm -hmm. is chatterer's dog in hell nice <laughs> would never have put that together no neither i would never have thought of that no, no, absolutely. And I just thought, that's brilliant. That's absolutely... Because, you know, we know at the end of the second movie, again, spoilers. Spoilers, guys. Spoilers. <laughs> revealed as a child. Yes. Uh, but it, it, it's such a nice idea. I love the I always, I always thought the, the, the Cenobites, for me, always... Uh, maybe I was young and looking way too much into it, but I, I always felt that they had a... Uh, they kind of represented a possible... Um, character flaw and sin that they created, uh, say in their lives, like yeah, you know, like uh, like uh, like like Chatter, maybe maybe he his too character much. had yeah, maybe he talked too much or said the wrong things all the time, <laughs> and I was like, this is his this is his hell. And then there was the guy who was really really huge, you know, the yeah. really big guy. But, I was yeah, like, okay, big... he was he was a glutton. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, That's oh, interesting. God. I mean, I've written a couple of short stories um, about. The origin of Chatra. Yeah. I wrote one when we released when they when they released Hellbound, uh, called Look See. Nice. Um, and that was you know just because a magazine asked me if I'd like to write a short story based on the Hellraiser mythos, and I said right. Um, and it's kind of it's a dig at the producers, well, at the writers, <laughs> uh, revealing him as a child rather than revealing him as me, because um, at the time I was like, "What do you mean he changes back and it's not me? You mean I've gone through all of this? Yeah, yeah. Two movies, and you're not even going to show my face." <laughs> um, but back then I was pretty pissed off with it. So there's that one it's called "Look See," and then, <sighs> gosh, a year and a half ago now I wrote. Um, a story called Prayers of Desire, um, which is a far more serious take on how does a 12 or someone who looks like a 12 year old boy end up in hell? Why? You know, what is it there? And that kind of allows me to explore the idea. And, and I think you're very you're, you're right, Rum. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting idea as to why you he, know, he ended up Pinhead, the way he did. Pinhead was a soldier. Sure. Um, right. And there's something very organized and very military about Pinhead and the, the way those pins are put, to, put in and so on. But why did a, a, a child uh, end up in hell and why did he lose his eyes and why are those teeth? Uh, and what's the chattering and what does the chattering of the teeth uh, signify? Yeah, it was kind of a when when yeah, when you did. Well, when <laughs> Chatter turned back into the kid, I was kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm yeah. confused. Why? Well, hey, you'd have been even more confused by the original script of Hellraiser, which has when Chatterer appears with that veil over yeah. his head at the end of the movie. Originally, that was a full wedding dress. He was really? supposed to be wearing Julia's wedding dress. What? Um, oh, that's a lot. Kind of a creepy thought, but kind yeah. of hard to explain. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Which is why I said to Clive, I said, it just makes no sense. You, you know, you've told me how much, important, you know, that the, the, the um, you know, the leather's all twisted into their flesh. It's all sewn in and it's all part of, you know, how can he put on a wedding dress? <laughs> makes no sense. And I wish I'd shut up. I'd, I'd just done as I was told. <laughs> I think it would have been such a cool image. Can, can you imagine that scene, maybe, the, the, the build-up for that scene of... I'm I'm picturing uh, Chatter putting putting the wedding dress on, but help with the other Cenobites, and then it's this really creepy moment where he turns and looks at the mirror and goes, "Ah, you know, <laughs> it's my day, bitch. Be quiet." <laughs> it's a true bridezilla, you know. <laughs> I feel pretty from West Side Story. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. That'd be great in the background. Yeah. Oh man! Talk about a score that would people would be like, "What the fuck is going on?" But but you've done so. You, you have had a nonstop what it seems to be career uh, since you've you uh, uh, I guess got into the business, and that was you went to uh, uh, the uh, an academy, um, Mount View, Mount View, Mount View yeah. Theater School, which is kind of like uh, from what I gather and and have read up on is is kind of like a like a Juilliard of the UK. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you know, it was very different back in the day when I was there, because obviously it's a lot more than 30 years ago than I, uh, uh, since I was there. And funnily enough, although it appears that way that I've not stopped, I actually took a, about 18 years where I got a proper job and ended up in computers. I mean, I my career has been all over the place. So I did the acting. Mm -hmm. uh, then I wrote some, as I say, I wrote short stories for magazines. Um I also did interview series uh, for magazines. This is all back in the early 90s. Uh, I also wrote comics. Yeah, so I saw that. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. I um, was lucky enough to write for Nightbreed and Hellraiser and um, had my own series, um, uh, Warheads. Um, nice. Yeah. How, how cool um, is it to actually have the guy who played the character in Hellraiser write the story, right? That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, so I spent a lot of my time in the mythos of Hellraiser. Um, <laughs> and funnily, we we did a. I mentioned Christopher Young earlier on. We I've only ever done one convention with Christopher, um, and it was with, with the rest of the Sunbites and Doug and so on. And Doug mentioned that whenever he came to do the later films, the first thing he did was put on the music from the first film. Mm. Because you just have to play and you're immediately back then. It was exactly the same when I was writing the comics and the short stories. If I want to be in the world of Hellraiser, all I have to do is to put on the um, put on the music. And I'm right back there. That's so awesome. It, the music really does play in everything that uh, in, in theater and everything. If if the musical score isn't perfect, it's hard to it's hard to flesh the world out. Yes. You know? and, and that music really did. And uh, you, when the music played, you knew you it was your only time to brace yourself because you knew something was happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, and also, of course, because Coyle were originally invited to produce us, the, the, the band Coyle. Oh, yeah. Um, were originally invited. And I've listened to that. And it's a Carpenter esque, not saying that they're ripping off Carpenter at all, but it's that very electronic style. That feel, yeah. Uh, sure. Is what I'm trying. Yeah. It's well, very it was very popular that. then at, at the later part, later in yeah, uh, oh yeah, for sure. The eighties or the nineties, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, that's what was the first film? First one was eighty-seven. My uh, date, yes. I think. Yeah, okay. Yes. So you were yes, right, Rome. It was late. It was late eighties. Late eighties. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so the first one came out in eighty-seven. Well, I think I think the choice that that uh, that final decision um, it, that must have been. It, it's just as hard as to come up with that as settling on the the sound that you want as you. As oh you yeah. Do most anything else in the in the production you know and then uh here's a question i know i'm just flying right past it um mm -hmm. your makeup you must have been in makeup forever <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i was like yeah and then when they took it all off he couldn't fucking have his face that's some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> well funnily enough i was luck i was luckier than well okay i was definitely luckier than oliver smith the guy who played skinned frank Mm -hmm. Oh he was well, in yeah. makeup for eight hours. That that's oh, wow. that was a hell of a uh, uh, makeup job, man. Yeah, like yeah, really, yeah. really, really. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like the th this movie was like the first 
in my personal opinion, was like the first that really pushed effects to that limit in like mm. horror genre. Like I've seen a lot of horror movies before then, but nothing, nothing compares to what well, still Hellraiser did. Too. Yes. But also I think within the same movie, and you basically, you had, is kind of what you were referring to earlier on. I think one of the reasons that Chatterer is so scary is because he's got this amazing look. You can't talk with him. There mm-hmm. are no witty one-liners from him. He just gets right in there and shoves his finger down your throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just there's, there's no there's no reasoning with Chatterer. But yeah, I think I think this is Image and Animation, a very young makeup company. Funnily enough, a lot of young men, all they were all in like their late teens like 19 20 years wow. old or early 20s wow, all the yeah. guys working and this is the first job and these guys you know and they, they stayed with the company and then they uh, went on to do nightbreed and then they brought in more people to do nightbreed now which means that i've worked with people one of whom's had has got two oscars for his makeup one of whom's got an emmy award for his makeup one of which has got it does all the makeup for the modern modern doctor who wow um, so you know they've gotten from millennium fx yeah so i mean incredibly talented people at, at the very beginnings of their careers um that's amazing uh, yeah no so i think you're right I, that's one of the things that you know so apart from the music you've got these amazing designs by clive and let's face it it was as I say, I, in terms of how much time I had to spend in makeup, it was actually fairly straightforward for me to get in. It took about an hour into makeup and costume. That's not and fair. Most, yeah, and most most of the time they could leave the mask off because I couldn't hear, speak, or see when I was wearing it. Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, I could a bit. I could just about, you know, they, I could see like two feet on the floor when I had the mask on. Um, but it was like having your hands over your ears. You get mm. that rushing sound because yeah. The, the latex was quite thick right. um, and obviously couldn't really speak because the teeth were attached to my teeth um, and then they used KY jelly <laughs> in my oh. mouth to represent the saliva. Mm. Um, <laughs> really nice. Um, <laughs> but having said all that, there were a couple of days where they left me in it for eight hours <sighs> and then didn't film me. Um, yeah that's good that's good stuff (laughs) they want you prepared so you can go on you know you can get on so they don't have to wait for you to go into makeup yeah we want you ready to go nick and it's like Uh, you haven't filmed did did you you have that that moment where you were like i've been here now it's hour six and you're like i have to pee (laughs) (laughs) i did work out how i could do that (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, good, good, good. It wasn't easy. They need to, they, that, and that was before like the sneaky leaker thing was invented, where you, it's like a long condom you put on and it just rolls out the bottom of your leg, you know? Well, yeah, that sounds gross, that way. It does, but they sell them a lot out here uh, in, in, in New Orleans. Louisiana. It's a, it's the New Orleans man. It's for it's for like Mardi Gras when you're stuck in when you're stuck in like downtown when you can't move anywhere. People, are, you That's... know. That's a beautiful thought. I'll tell you it that. is. And then I, I just posted on my Facebook some idiot uh, from out of town drinking water off of Bourbon Street. And I'm thinking, oh, you're drinking hepatitis and urine. I mean. That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. Well, thank look. you for t- taking this conversation in that direction. Man. <laughs> you're welcome. And, and that's what I'm here for. That is what I'm here for. Um, I make sure everybody knows how gross this area is sometimes. <laughs> Well, we've I've been talking. Been, about... I really want to go to New Orleans. I'd love to, I'd, I'd, but thank you for that tip. I will remember. Yeah, that. do do not do not drink the water off of Bourbon Street. Horrible. Yeah. Um, and All if right. you if you do come to New Orleans, hit me up. I'll give you a tour. You know, I'll oh, take wonderful. you. I'll take you around. Uh, you can if if it's around Safe the time places. if it's around the time that uh uh we me and my other boss do, uh does uh, our magic show, I'll get you a ticket to that too. Oh, brilliant! brilliant. Well, know. there's nothing on the cards at the moment, but as I say, it's, it's definitely on the bucket. List. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever around here, come on, like, like, just let me know ahead of time, and I'll, I'll set things up for you. Cool. Yeah, cool. no problem. We've been talking about Hellraiser. Yes. How did that compare to your experience at with Nightbreed? Oh, Nightbreed was so much nicer because I had lines. Yeah, you did, and, and I could see it here. And you were probably, I'll, I'll just like I told Justin a little while ago. You are, to me, the most memorable character in 
was the, the Nightbreed fam. Like the, the imagery of that character, the 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 Jack the Knife kind of moon shape thing was super cool. Thank you. Well, and of course, that was just a happy happenstance because that's not the original design. The original design is much closer because in the book, Pelequin has got a character called Jackie with him. Uh, this is the book Cabal. Um, and who's described as having two faces melded, molded into one. Now you can see that makeup at the beginning of the film, um, right. where Shunasasi is running through the field, Boone's running through the field, and the monsters and Lirogom, um, and the other guys. And you you get this vision of a guy who's got two faces. Yeah, it's kind of like a blur. Quick. Yeah. And Clive just looked at it and he said, it just doesn't work. You can't get any real expression because only one eye could possibly work. The other one's a, a full sight and it just, it looks like a mask. Um, so now the story is, now whether or not it's true, you, do you remember Mac tonight, the character from McDonald's? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I was, that, that's what yeah, I was talking yeah, about. That yeah, that's, that's right. That. Mac tonight, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. No, whether or not that's what Clive had, thought, had in the back of his mind, but I remember being uh, the producer because I'd never heard of Mac Tonight because we didn't have that advertising campaign uh, in the UK. Oh, okay. Um, and she gave me, and I have somewhere. I, oh. I have this little Mac Tonight um, figurine. <laughs> you know, this three-inch. You know, it's, he's probably worth a good fortune now. Well, yeah, I, I meant to show him to. Um, oh my goodness. Mind has gone completely blank. Uh, it'll come back to me. The guy who played, oh, in Pan's Labyrinth, um, Doug, oh, Doug oh, Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones, the guy who played the uh, the the fawn, not the fawn. Uh, well, he yeah, pl he played everything. Labyrinth. Yeah, he played a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the fawn. And 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 he's in Guillermo del Toro stuff a lot. Yes, and he's, you know, Shape of Water, etc., etc., etc. The most beautiful man on the planet. Just <laughs> such did, a nice guy. Didn't Just, he play? The, um, uh silver surfer too yes yes there yes, you go all right yeah i knew i knew i, I knew it was yeah he's had a big run as well yeah but but again no he, yeah, no, no one knows what he looks like <laughs> i mean doug's doug's extraordinary but somebody pointed out when i was with him at a convention in atlanta or we dragon con atlanta and somebody looked at this and he said oh you've both played characters with crescent moonheads because doug played mac tonight in the original um adverts oh really i didn't know that yeah. that's awesome i had no idea i know it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant i love that fact um, well your your character nightbreed to me it was just it, it stood out so much as much to me as uh oh my god other legendary characters uh, like like um when i think of that movie i think of of kinski and like if i think of tim curry i think of legend yeah i mean it's oh, that wow. type of that type of memorable you know, oh, makeup wow. and design. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, so. well, so, yeah. So all the hours I spent in the gym and the fact I had to dye my chest hair black. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this is what I had to do because I, when I had hair, I no longer have hair. Um, <laughs> uh, I was a blonde. And I, uh, the, uh, the, the wig on the makeup was black so they said nick can you dye your chest <laughs> black so i had to get and i it's a complex process involving sarin wrap a loincloth made out of sarin wrap oh wow there you <laughs> go to protect to protect your nether regions um i have to explain well, to my neighbor well, well, well that that's that's not your chest hair what are we dying now? yeah what are you dying down there man come on <laughs> He's, he, he's I don't remember. That. I don't remember that being on scene. Wait, what? what is that the director's <laughs> cut? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean that's one of my memorable, you know, about preparing for that part um, was the fact that I had to dye my chest hair. Uh, so, that, which they, you know, they, they had, and then standing around stripped to the waist, more or less, in cold oh, yeah. studios uh, in the latter part of the of, of the year. Um, and therefore having to fight off colds and so on. But I also play one of the berserkers in Nightbreed as well. I also oh, wow. one of the one of the berserker costumes. The the um, he's referred to as Ghost, the one who's the palest of them, who's got the glowing eyes, um, which you kind of see that in, in some of the, you can see, you get this flash yeah. of the saturated eyes. Mind you, having said all that, of course, 
I, I get to play Kinski when he has dialogue, when I'm running with Pelequin, etc. If there are any explosions around, that's not me. That's a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was nice. At least they, they popped for that in a budget. Yeah, I mean, like, all right, so look, we're going to dye your chest hair and possibly your nether regions, but don't worry. If something blows up, you're not in it. All right, good, yeah. good, good. <laughs> good. Uh, um, so speaking of which of stuff blowing up, we're going to take a few minutes here and we're going to play one of our segments, our favorite segments. Uh, this is Heroes and Heels, our wrestling segment. So here you go, guys. Check it out. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for Heroes and Heels with Tricky Ricky and the Enforcer. Welcome to another exciting episode of Heroes and Heels. I'm your host, the Enforcer. And with me as always, nobody. Um... My boy uh, Tricky Ricky is down in parts unknown, taking his vitamins, saying his prayers, ready to come back stronger and knock this segment on its ass. But in the meantime, just uh, a quick little WrestleMania pre-show. Um, <clears throat> want to start off by addressing the attack on um, the legendary Brett the Hitman Hart last night. I thought it was disgusting. Um on a whole bunch of levels. You just don't, you know, disrespect a legend like that. Um, then you had Natalia in it. And I mean, with the passing of her father, it was supposed to be a proud moment, him being inducted as a member of the Hart Foundation into the WWE Hall of Fame. Just totally uncalled for. I don't care if you're drunk. I don't care. That was just dumb. And from the looks of all the videos I've seen, he gets his ass whipped thoroughly, and I'm very, very happy that the superstars that were on hand jumped in and beat the shit out of this guy, and I love the way Bret Hart jumped right back up and finished his speech. That's a man's man. Uh, Montreal screw job aside, nothing but respect on my end. So uh, let's jump into a little predictions. Uh, y'all probably won't hear this till after WrestleMania, so... <laughs> I'm going to go with Becky Lynch winning it all, or should I say winning the Raw, you know, Women's Championship. I think the show is going to end out from what I'm hearing, but I really wouldn't mind seeing it, is uh, the Women's Four Horsemen, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Fa uh, Charlotte Flair, um, Bailey and Sasha Banks all standing in the ring, Victoria's holding gold. Um, I'm so sick of fucking Daniel Bryant and... Nobody works harder than Kofi Kingston, you know, and I'm not going to buy into the old. Oh, they don't want him to win because he's a black guy and I'm not going into all that bullshit. I just think that it's time for a change and anybody's better than Daniel Bryant. And uh, if Seth Rollins doesn't walk away with the title from Brock, that's a fucking tragedy right there. Um, that's that, that shit's already ran its course. I'm so fucking sick of Brock. Uh, then we move on to The Miz and Shane McMahon. You know, it used to be fun watching Shane McMahon when we only got to see him every once in a while. But now it's like this motherfucker wants to jump off of every fucking thing. And, you know, he's trying to play his daddy's role as the, the bad McMahon. I personally, I'm not buying it. Uh, Triple H and Batista. I think that's just for star power. Like, I think that's going to be a snooze fest. I'd like to see Triple H whoop the shit out of... Uh, Drax or whatever the fuck his name is now and uh, the tag titles, the women's tag titles like I said earlier, I think it's going to be Sasha and Bailey. Um, the US title, 
I think Samoa Joe is going to end up taking it. I think uh, Rey Mysterio, if he even competes, it's going to be uh, interference or something's going to happen with his son. Uh, so that's about that. Uh, the other matches, I really don't give a shit about. You know, not too, uh, nothing too much entertaining and unpredictable, should I say. Um, A&E, you know, all elite wrestling, AEW is shaping up to look like they're really going to make a run at it. Can't wait to see how that happens. We had Enzo and Big Kaz, formerly of the WWE, try to invade uh, Ring of Honor Supercard last night. Uh, if y'all get a chance to check that out, you know, YouTube, uh, however you watch your Ring of Honor, that's definitely something to check out. But uh, in the meantime, that's it. And uh, we're hoping uh, Tricky Ricky will be back with us next segment, uh, do a little post-WrestleMania recap. And, uh, you know. For the four or five people that listen, we appreciate it. And uh, tell a friend so next time we could have 10. As always, I'm the Enforcer. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Out. All right, next time, remember if you feel like you're stuck in the corner and can't get off the ropes, you know where to turn for the right information. So join us next time in the next installment of Heroes and Heels with Tricky Ricky and. So, all right, there was our little wrestling segment right there. And when I mean little, I mean, you know, by the size of those guys. Anyway, um, so we're back with our amazing <laughs> guest, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nicholas Vince. How's it going? It's coming back. <laughs> Is this not the most bizarre thing you've done in a while? <laughs> yes, that's what I, I and, I, and I, we pride ourselves on this, man. It's so good. I'm going to areas I never expected. I yes. Have. Yes, going to areas. That's what I'm saying. So we we were just talking about Nightbreed. <laughs> yes, Nightbreed. And uh, you ended up not only writing for the Hellraiser comic, but also Nightbreed, Nightbreed comic, as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the usual chutzpah uh, okay. that leads me into these things. Because um, I got into writing Hellraiser comics. Now, I'd not written any comics before, but I'd met Neil Gaiman. Mm. Um, Lucky. He was a, in fact, Neil was around the set of Hellraiser because he was a journalist back in those days. Jesus, man. Um, and he was a really good friend of Clive's. Um, and so I'd met Neil a few times. And then there's a, there's a comics artist called John Bolton. Yes. Uh, an amazing guy. Just, I love John's work. All the pages he paints are tend to be oil paintings or, you know, acrylic. Oh, wow. They're just works of art. They're amazing. Absolutely extraordinary. Um and the illustrator. And so basically, the, how I got into it was I had, after Nightbreed, they'd started, they were doing the Hellraiser comics. And Neil said, Nick, you know, you should see if you can get any work on this. You, you write. Um, and there's probably Clive and Neil encouraging me. And they said, just, yeah. I said, okay. So I had a holiday booked and I was staying in New York. And I thought, right, I'll just go into Marvel. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, how's it going? Walked yeah. into Marvel's offices, walked into Marvel's offices, saw the bullpen, all these artists sitting in the middle of the room, um, and just gave my name to the editor. It was a guy called Dan Chichester. Uh, and said, okay. And, you know, I was waiting for, he said, oh, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll send you through. And um, I think I waited for about 20 minutes or so, and suddenly, um, this young woman came dashing out to me, obviously an assistant, and she said, oh, Dan is so sorry. He's so sorry for keeping you waiting. He just didn't recognize your name. And I'm thinking, I didn't have an appointment. There's no reason why he would accept. <laughs> so I pitched him the story that I'd written on the plane over. No shit. Uh, That's great. And he said, okay, yeah, I'll buy that. I like that story. Um, and then... I just said, that's great. I said, I've no idea how to lay out a comic script. He said, so he produced one out of his drawer and just said, that's how you lay it out. Nice. And I got back from the holiday and just phoned up Neil and said, Neil, how do I do this? Um, <laughs> and that, funny enough, of course, that's the one script that's never that never saw the light of day. I wow. <laughs> half a dozen of them in total, but it was given to an artist who never produced the artwork. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but I, hey, listen, I shouldn't really cast stones because I remember whenever whenever I was writing comics, FedEx, it was you always, because I had to be, in those days, that 
there were no fax machines. I didn't, well, I didn't have a fax machine. I couldn't fax it across. It's too expensive. Well, yeah, so yeah. They used to use FedEx to collect the printed. So this is, obviously, this is way before email or anything like this. So there would be a FedEx guy standing on my doorstep waiting for the script as it came out the printer. Um, dot matrix printer in those days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite. Me, me, me. That's really good. My God, you are old. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty old. So, yeah, so that's how I got into writing comics. That's, that's pretty and awesome. Something else, something else we just learned here, kids, that at one point in time you actually had to face somebody and hand them your mail. Yes, yes. You had to be like, yeah. hey, here's some mail. You have to bring this to someone else who has to ship it across seas. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 that is awesome. That's now. Have you you were always interested in writing? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I used to write kind of short stories as a kid and you know kind of horror stories as a teenager and never be published and god knows where they are now um and not very good and probably very short uh, and so on but um yeah i was always interested i mean i was uh, i was an avid reader i i i've read thousands of books over the years um because i started the moment i got a library card i started reading and always went i remember when i was in the junior library the ones the books that fascinated me were the ones of the Greek myths and legends. Nice, um, yeah. Um, yeah, because they're all about heroes and magic and gods and monsters. It was it was uh, really cool, you know. It was like very cool stuff going on in those books. Oh, yeah. They, they started the, I mean, if you look at a lot of movies nowadays, you see a lot of those elements in one well, way or I mean, another in what you watch. Those books were like... Uh, you know, uh, Star Wars and Harry Potter and sure, they were all, all that stuff was influenced by those. You know, it's, it's obvious. Yeah, no. And, 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 you know, if you look, if you follow, you know, read the works of Carl Jung and, the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the archetypes, um, yeah. you know, the stories and the Oedipus complex, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, those were, those were the ones that I always went. Those are the ones I kept on rereading. And then the moment I got my adult library card, now I was probably about 12, 13 when I got that, when you were allowed to read, you know, take books from the adult lending library. I, w I went straight for the collections of ghost stories. Nice. Um, you know, you know, reading lots and lots of short stories. Um, I think kind of what got me into writing uh, originally short stories. The only time I ever hung out in libraries if there was a cute girl there. So I used. To I knew you and, were going to say that. I, I would go in and find <laughs> the most complicated book I could find, you know, and geometry, just and just and just look at like physics. Like I was sitting there, that's the first time I ever. I was like, "What is chaos mathematics?" Oh, I'm look at this <laughs> and I'm flipping through the pages, and the girl was like, "So what are you reading?" I'm like, "Oh, just uh, some light reading." Look at it because I couldn't remember. I'm like, "Oh, it's chaos mathematics," you know. She's like, oh, I, I really like uh, smart guys. I was like, eh, well, you're in the right place, aren't you? Oh, man. I'm a big reader. <laughs> uh, look, look, we learned something else today, boys and girls. You can actually, this was back in the day when you actually had to read stuff to have entertainment instead of looking at it on your phone or your tablet. That's true. That's Real books, true. people. They're made out of paper. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, that's great, though. I mean, um, it's just uh, you, you've just been able to. Seems like you've you've hit everything on the head in your career that you you've been striving for. I mean, what? How how are things going now? I know you have a lot of appearances. You go to a lot of conferences. Yes. And, and things like that. Uh, how how is Un that? Unfortunately, in, in, how does that affect your your life? You know, I mean, well, you're, it seems like you're constantly running. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm lucky enough to do quite a lot of acting in the last uh, year or so. Uh, particularly, as I mentioned, I, I took a break um, and went, went into computers because um, when I was writing comics, as I say, I ended up in a lot of debt because I didn't. Well, basically, sure. I was spending beyond what I was earning. Uh, it was a great way of getting into debt. It was like, oh, <laughs> God, I, I, oh, God. OK, all my comics have just folded. Um, I've got Preaching no work. Preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're preaching to the choir. Preaching we understand. Choir. Preaching to the choir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you understand what I mean. And then... Um, Okay, I'll go to computers, um, and well, that's where I end up. I've worked in database support for many years, but got made redundant in 2012, and it was—I mean—it was absolutely the right thing and the best thing for me. 
um, because it just went, because I was already thinking, what the hell am I doing in computers? It's long hours and I'm not getting anything out of this whatsoever. So um, I went back to writing. That's when I first did my first collection of short stories, What Monsters Do, uh, and then started getting back into acting, did some short films, did a, a great, uh, a really enjoyable um, feature film called Hollower, um, where I spent a whole day uh, doing 36 pages of script, I remember, and it was all me t playing a policeman. Nice. Um, yeah, it was great fun. It was, and we filmed in a real police station as well. Um, and it's a, you know, it's an independent. It's from uh, Myco M Y C H O, nice. Myco Entertainment, and uh, it's a good film. Uh, it's one of their most popular ones. Um, and uh, yeah, so did that, and then just so recently, I've been in the last year or so, I've got uh, what well, Book of Monsters, uh, in which I play the dad. Uh, that came out from Dread Presents Epic Pictures a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's a, I've also got writing and directing my own short films. Um, one of those, which is, is going to be part of an anthology or is on the DVD extras for an anthology called For We Are Many from Hex Media. Um, I've got, uh, what else have I got? Oh, Borley Rectory. Um, that's coming out later this year. That's based on the most, that's a kind of a drama documentary uh, with the voiceover by Julian Sands, um, oh, starring I, an actor. I like called, Julian Sands. Yeah, really, really. I'm really fond of Julian. He's a very, very nice guy. Um, and um, who, who invited me to co rock climbing, mountain climbing with him. I had to keep on pointing out it was never going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. It's I was like, yeah, yeah, you're just fitter than I am, Julian. I, I, I get scared of heights. Well, you um, know what? Just do it. You just got to do it. Yeah, no, I really don't. Um, Come on, it's with Julian Sands, man. Just do it. I would do it. I would. I'd be like, look, I'm a fat dude. I'm gonna try to get up this mountain with you. I'm good. As long as I got some rope, we're good. We're, we're straight. It's funny. Uh, just real quick. Uh, well, well, I'll just drop this in real quick. It was. I, I told the story a long time ago, but I'll, I'll keep this one short. Uh, I met Julian Sands one time, uh -huh. uh, in the states, here, and uh -huh. uh, he was at a pet store, oh, and. Wow. I was at a pet. I don't know why he was at a pet store, um, but he was in a pet store, and I was there. It was on my uh, the day of my wedding. We were just killing time, so we're walking around. I was like, "Oh, let's go to this pet store." So we walked in the pet store, and there was this dog. Uh, it was a he. He was a hydrocephalic. The dog had a ginormous head and a tiny body, <laughs> and the dog the dog was it was so cute. It was sad, but his head kind of laid on the oh, ground so because it was cute. so heavy. It's suffering, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, he and I'm looking at the dog and I, I look up and, and there he is. And I'm like, gosh, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, are you? He goes, yes, I'm Julian Sands. I was like, okay, I thought so. He says, interesting choice of dogs. And I went, yeah, yeah, it's cute though. I said, you should get him. He was like, uh, I don't think they'll have me on a plane with the dog. I was like, okay. But that was my only brief encounter with Julian Sands. It was really <laughs> weird. They were standing there staring at a hydrocephalic dog, and that's when I meet Julian Sands. So. That's 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 an interesting story, Rob. It really is. Like like when you told it the first time, I was like, it's unbelievable. Like this dude's just standing there. You should buy that dog because it's. I just never knew why he was there at, at, at a pet store. So. Never asked, but anyway, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought you'd find that amusing. No, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got the so Borley Rectory is out later this year. Um, what else? Oh, I've got, I might as well go through the list. Yeah, sort of, go for but, it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, let me do the list. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the Book of Monsters, but we are many. Borley Rectory, Nightbreed. Um, they're doing a screening on the original 35mm wow. print down in Bournemouth at the Mary Shelley Theatre, which is a theatre built for Mary Shelley. Yeah. Uh, Damn, that's cool. She died in Bournemouth. Um, died before the theatre was completed, um, but it's it a great venue. And I did a screening of Hellraiser there last wow. year or the year before. A really great group, Jerson the Great. So that's on May the 11th. Um, I'm at Motor City Nightmares, April 26th to 28th, along with Clive and the rest of the Cenobites, plus Ashley Lawrence, plus Andrew Robinson. Yeah, I see um, that. That's that's. Oh man, I wish I could go to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking cool. Oh, it, it, it's 
it's really fascinating absolutely fascinating i love it because the last time i we, uh, we were at days of the dead uh, in chicago was the last, was it chicago or atlanta the last one i did uh, with clive and i actually got to chat with clive for about 20 odd minutes and it's like this is the first time i've actually had a chance to chat with clive for the last 20 odd you know yeah LA and I live in London um and we just sat and we chatted it was absolutely and of course he drew I'd, yeah. I'd taken him my um Hellraiser my original Hellraiser script to sign oh, and just because I thought god I'll, I'll, I'll ask him so he, he starts by signing and he was in you know love Clive I, I, that's like and then we chat for a little bit more the next thing I know he's drawing a picture of Chatterer on my uh on my on my script no way yeah, it's just brilliant. So it's That's like, so good. Yeah, dude. I'm never selling that now. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> no. That's amazing. Uh, you guys yeah. were all at uh, Texas Frightmare a couple mm, last year. Yeah. Last year, yeah. And I could not go. I was so upset. Like Wayne's gone like every year except for of course. Yeah, and the, the one year oh, that no. the one year that all you guys were there, I couldn't go, and I was so upset, man. So oh. I at least I had a friend. Um, uh, I don't know if you met, you may have met him. He was there in a booth. His name was Billy Pond. He does um, a movie called Circus of the Dead. It was a it's a it's an independent horror film. It's really good. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it. Uh, one of the guys I may have walked past. Uh, to be honest, it was such it was just phenomenally busy. I was yes, that's like, the busiest it, it convention chaotic. ever. Yeah, uh, it was just like, and it was like. I had to have one of my uh, my manager's handlers came and I said, Nick, your your queue is going round the round the, the all the other tables. You're blocking <laughs> other people's business because your queue is so long. <laughs> yeah. Sign faster. Okay, okay. But I like talking to people. Yeah, man. I like to talk to people. It, it, um, it's such an amazing event. Like I I love going mm. every year, um, and that's actually how we met Billy. It was through. Frightmare and going over there and he's become friends with us and I've actually one of the characters from his movie told me to ask you if you like Noodle Dome but obviously you haven't seen the film so I, I can't <laughs> he said he said man ask him if he likes Noodle Dome I said all right I'll see I'll do it for you so, so Ryan there you go I asked him for you yeah right I'll get send me a link I'll, I'll have a look at the film I'll send um, it for you um you but luckily uh a friend of mine got uh, Billy got me Clive's signature, and another friend got me Doug's, and that was right. that was really cool of them. They didn't have to do that, and I appreciate it for them to do that for me. Um, and I am definitely going to get yours through your website as soon as possible. Oh, cool, cool. Oh, well, hopefully, oh, so you're on New. Oh, yeah, and we never get we never seem to do a show. There, there are no New Orleans shows, and actually, me and Rum have talked several times about trying to start a show here. Yeah, like right. because it's a great market for it. because There's it's so many movies. it's a haunted city, and on top of that, we are now quote I'm I'm using air quotes you can't see this but we are Hollywood South like this is where everybody films now. Oh wow! So it's like it's kind of we're getting into that marketplace. So we've been talking, you know, here and there about trying to start a, a show. So maybe yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe one day yeah. Years. Yeah, I mean, you know, my advice is just start small. Um, yeah, because I come across some real nasty stories of people who've <laughs> just been too ambitious. We had a, happened last year. There was a company uh, I did one show for them, and they had five others planned last year, and they had some big names coming across. And of course, the first show wasn't a success, so they just completely folded. Wow. Um, you know, you've got. To, because it's an expensive business. Oh yeah, you know, you know, it's easy. You know, hopefully it's slightly cheaper over there because you're just flying internally within the states. But you know, you've got to fly people in. You've got to give them a guarantee. You've got to put them up. Yeah, exactly. Um, make sure they're fed and so on. So it's like, yeah, that's not. You, you know, know, we we, I do a lot of booking out here uh, for music people. Right. You know, so I I, I get it. Like I know what mm. what you know, like some of these bands that want guarantees and I'm I always tell them like especially the ones that are like, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody, but it's so true. Like these guys that are just like local groups and they're like, "Hey man, I want to be guaranteed $400." I'm like, "Nobody knows who you are. I'm not guaranteeing you $400." <laughs> I'm like, "You you 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 you're coming from wherever 
I get it. You're on tour. You need your money. That's fine. But I can't guarantee you a bunch of money because I don't know who you are. (laughs) You know, it's like that. And if I don't, I guarantee you maybe 10 people will show up to your show and then I'll be losing my shirt. So it's like I can't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But celebrities are a different story. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think there's a lot of well, I just I don't know who the closest show to you is. Probably Frightmare. One in Biloxi? Uh, there was one called Fear Fet out in Biloxi, but I don't know if that's still around or not. I've only seen it twice, and I haven't seen it since. Fear Fet was more of like a, uh, like they would uh, show films, like a oh, film right. thing, you know, and they had like booths and stuff like that and some celebrities there, but it was it was a small, you know, show. Yeah, 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 I know it's tough. It's very, very tough. But we need, but we, need a, we need a show here. God damn it. I need to, we need yeah. to do this. Yeah. It, it really does keep you busy though. It, uh, it's, it is amazing how much traveling you must do. I, oh yeah. Do you, do you own a home or do you rent? Cause I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is the great thing about ending up in computers, um, was that I ended up when the company was, it was a private company when I joined it and then they, it got sold on to, um, an, another company oh. and i had shares because the guy who'd set up the company said you know he knew he was going to sell the company one day and he said oh, all these people work for me i want to look after them so i want to make i want to set up a share scheme oh. so i was able to put down a deposit on a house um all through that um so you know that was so thank you very much indeed. <laughs> uh, well, it, it was nice that they they uh, they they were looking after the people. I mean, that's good. oh yeah, no, it was it was very good. It was really really good. I was just so lucky. I've been so lucky in most of my life. Um, the, the, to, to, to the fact that in now we're we're still talking about Hellraiser and Nightbreed. <laughs> I am just so lucky to have met Clive and that he's good enough to cast me in his films um i regard myself as an incredibly lucky son of a gun um so but yeah to kind of answer the question yeah so i think i'm coming to the states another four times this year awesome because uh, because i'm going to be doing uh, there's one that's not announced yet but i'm definitely doing monster mania in august connecticut horror fest in september uh it should be another one uh which is yet to be announced yet um but it's a motor city nightmare so yeah so that will be five times this year that's fantastic. Uh, is gonna and Clive's gonna be at three of those, I think. Yeah, uh, and that that that's the one thing that bums me is like I couldn't go get you know go see him in person yeah. or any or any of you guys because I mean like in my personal opinion none of you guys I have yet to see any of you guys at a signing besides this one you know like mm. in my area like holy shit these guys are actually coming close you know yeah. I was like, no, no, no just, just, it'll happen one day. But it'll you know happen. what? This is this is better because I'm actually talking to you on the radio. So I'm yeah. good with that. You know, I, I'm yeah. OK. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a, a good spot for you, Wayne, don't you? You think it's a good spot for me? Good spot for you for your for. Oh, oh, we're going to do this. OK, yeah, I think it's a, be a good opportunity. All right. So. This is a new thing we've been doing on the show. Surprise to our guest. <laughs> We're going to this this is how we do this though, okay? This is okay. this is a surprise thing to all of our guests because they don't know this is coming. Okay. So, we are doing how do we, what do we call it now? Is it you're just calling it question I'm just calling it questions with Wayne right now because I didn't figure an amount of questions would make any sense. Yeah, there's no amount. So it's so we're, let's call it we're, we're crazy questions with Wayne. How about that? There we go. All right, okay. guys. This is this is a on <laughs> a spur of the moment kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Suddenly I'm really scared. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> All right. It's time to make this a little strange with weird and wild questions. With Wayne. Awesome. So, first question. We'll start off kind of slow, okay? This is the easy one. These are questions that you may not have ever been asked. (laughs) Pretty pretty much. Soup or stew? Say again, what? Soup or stew? (laughs) 
Definitely stew. Ah, okay. All right. Good, good, good. Not a fan of soup, huh? Okay. Oh, I, 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 I drink soups. In fact, my husband makes great soups. You know that you come, oh, come with uh, P and Mint. In fact, at our civil partnership, we served soup. Oh. Uh, well, we served soup in <laughs> mugs that we had personalized for everybody. Oh, think, now think, see, that I, is. I think he's backpedaling a little bit. I think so was... too. He was like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, Stu. Oh wait, no wait. Yeah, my husband. You know, he, you know, he makes great soup. <laughs> That's good. Cover your ass. I get it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, all right. So, I've asked this question before, but I'm asking you. As you are driving, you see a hitchhiker. Would you give him a ride or pass him up? I would probably give him a ride because my father always gave rides. There you go. All right. Yeah. So you're you you push fate. I, I like that, that generation. I come <laughs> from that generation where we used to, you know it wasn't a thing. You know everybody hitchhiked. You know there were always hitchhikers and they right. always gave them lifts. And I've you, traveled. You know sometimes that's how horror movies start. Exactly. I was thinking uh, the same yeah. thing. Watching Hitchhiker and what Rutger Hauer did to that poor young oh, girl. Oh God! Yeah. Yes, the hit that oh. the that. Phew. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, next question: How did you like Frightmare? That was one of the questions I didn't get to ask before, but now I'm going to ask. How did I? How did I like Texas Frightmare? Yes. I I loved it. I I. <laughs> <laughs> The guys who run it were so sweet to me because they said, you know, um, they asked my manager, so what does Nick drink? Uh, he said he's he, he totally doesn't drink alcohol. Okay, well, what does indeed, what non-alcoholic drink? Pineapple juice. He always drinks pineapple juice. So when I got there, I got this gift bag with a big can of pineapple <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like huge yeah. can of pineapple juice, you know, about 12 inches tall and an opener <laughs> so I could actually get into it. Ah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Cryer, the guy who runs it, Lloyd, he is, yes, he is Lloyd, such yes. a nice guy. Like, we've oh. had him on the show several times. He's such a great dude. Oh, he's superb. Yeah. And, and, and it's such a well run. It's, it's one of the conventions I always recommend to people. And it's got huge. I mean, it was huge last year. I think they sold out like six hotels. They did. They uh, did. It was, year, it was insane. Know, just outrageous. Um, but you didn't feel that when you were there, it was busy, but it wasn't overwhelming. Yeah. Because uh, it's so well organized. And I was uh, going to say that because they make the flow so much nicer than some of the, the, the shows that I've been to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What is the wildest moment of your career? <laughs> that you are comfortable talking about on the radio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what is the wildest moment of my career? That's a, uh, that, yeah, it's a tough one. It's really <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's why they have these spur-of-the-moment <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think cause people tend to cast me. I was definitely trying to think about, yeah. Oh well, you, it depends what you mean by wild, I guess. Um, how you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's narrow it down. No, I can't. <laughs> he can't do it. He can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Oh, all right. Okay, we'll give you an idea. Probably the most one of the. Yeah, no, I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. All right. The other people involved. Yeah, no. I oh, got you, got you. All right, that's fine. Saving face for other people. Got you. Great. Name three of your favorite foods. Minus stew, because we already know that's bullshit. Go ahead. Three of my favorite foods. Yes. Okay. Um, probably macaroni cheese. Nice. Um, yeah, definitely macaroni cheese. Um, risotto. I'm really fond of risotto. Nice. Tend to often, I will often look for a risotto on a menu to see if you know, could be having a risotto. Uh, oh, Nikujaga, which is um, it's a Japanese beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's amazing. But, but the reason our the reason why I mentioned it is because Craig and I, my husband, we um, did a Japanese cookery course recently. Nice. Oh, nice. A six-week, um, it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I want to learn a new skill. I want to learn a new cuisine. We've always been fascinated. Both of us are interested in Japan. Um, and Niku Jago was one of the dishes. That's um, pretty cool. It actually so sounds like an anime character. 
Nicky, Look out, here comes Nicky Jagu. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I'm going to ask you one more question. This is a tough one. Okay. If you had to choose between receiving a lap dance or giving a lap dance, which would you prefer? <laughs> the answer to that question is it depends who else is involved. Oh, good job, good job. And those, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> oh yeah, and those were questions by, by Wayne. What did it mean to strain your brain with those weird and wild questions with Wayne? Awesome! <laughs> Thank you for participating in that. Uh, you know, it's, it's just something that we, we I came up with a, a, a while back and we decided, fuck it, let's go for it and see what the uh, guests I, do. Nice. No, I like questions like that. They're fun. They're you know, it, it kind of breaks up the, you know, like we're asking about all the movies and stuff. It kind of helps you get a little looser. Yeah. yeah. Especially that number three question. Um, three again. Oh, that one, Wildest Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes my career sound a lot more interesting than it is. So <laughs> I'm sure you're downplaying. So, so um, before we end the show, uh, would you like to let everybody know your um, website and things that they can go check out for you. Sure, yeah. Okay, so the website is nicholasevents.com. Uh, nicholasevents, as one word, .com. Um, as I say, the shop should be next, back up in the next couple of days. Um, a film I haven't made, I forgot to mention, um, which has just started its festival run. I think it's, come, it's being screened in Italy. It's an Italian uh, horror film called Fuck You Immortality. Um, so that I did, I played, I had a one day on that cool. filming. It was just so much fun. It was just, uh, the script is just outrageous. I mean, it's got hippies and ninjas <laughs> and me and gore and just absolutely outrageous, just, awesome. just ridiculous. Um, and then there's going to be a couple more films that are in post-production at the moment i can't talk about those because i've no idea when those are going to be coming out i just know they're in post-production um so yeah hopefully those will come out later on um yeah no absolutely fantastic this year fantastic well nick it was great having you on the show we appreciate you're taking your time out and coming on here and, and just bullshitting with us it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Wayne. Of I'm course. Because that has been fun. That's been really good fun. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed I yourself. Look forward, I look forward to seeing you when you come to the States at any of those conferences you had mentioned. And um, I, I know Wayne's really going to be going the next time you're in town. For oh, sure. yeah, for sure. 100%. Brilliant. 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 Okay. Well, just hit me up beforehand. Oh, I will. Um, for sure. Which one you're coming. Um, sure. So we, I, we can go for a coffee or something. Yeah. That'd, that'd be happens. great. That'd be awesome. Brilliant. Uh, so, all right, man. Yeah, and no, I'll definitely get in touch with you, and we'll cool. we'll we'll have coffee or go hang out or something. You know, something yeah. we'll, when you're down. All right, then. Both of you, take care of yourselves. All right, thank, thank you, you so have much. A day. Have a good one, buddy. I'll go and feed the dog now. He's demanding it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the guys. Take all right, care. buddy. Bye. Take it easy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Nicholas Vince. Uh, aka Chatterer, aka what was the other? Oh shit, I Kinski. can't. Kinski, yeah. I was trying and to say ev everything else he's done, all yes. comics and yes. short stories. So fucking awesome! It was great to have him on the show. I'm I'm glad he took the time out to be on here. Super nice fella. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it for us. Um, I, I appreciate you guys listening. I was your host Wayne, and I was the other guy, Rum Guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it, metal. metal. The Cenobites gave me an experience beyond limits. Pain and pleasure, indivisible. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. Parting is such sweet sound. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Get the fuck out. Okay, then. That's it.